I've had the privilege of being in and around banking for more than 50 years. Lots of changes during that time. We've gone from ledgers to laptops, typewriters to technology. One thing, however, remains the same. Banking is a people business, and I'll be talking with those people that make banking great here on Jack Rants with Modern Bankers. Welcome to Jack Rants with Modern Bankers. It's always brought to you by our great friends at RelPro and Vertical IQ. Every week I feature top voices in financial services. Now that ranges from bankers and consultants to best-selling authors as is the case today and more. The goal here is simple, to provide insights, success practices, and to bring new ideas to the table you can use to maximize your results in 2024. The secret to marketing success is no secret at all. Word of mouth is all that matters. That quote is from the great Seth Godin, and it forms the basis of an amazing conversation with my guest this week, Joanne Black. Joanne formed her company, No More Cold Calling, in 1996. Joanne earned a BA from UC Berkeley and joined Omega Corporation, a great company and one very familiar to bankers, in 1985. After eight years at Omega, she joined Forum Corporation and traveled the world providing sales training and product management. Joanne has authored two best-selling books, No More Cold Calling and Pick Up the Damn Phone. She's a regular speaker and a podcast guest too. Want more referrals in 2024 and beyond? Grab a pen and take some notes from this conversation with the queen of referrals, Joanne Black on Jack Rants with Modern Bankers. Here we go. I always wish that people could hear what goes on before the recording starts, because we just had a wonderful conversation. Uh, jo- Joanne, I've, I've known for a number of years, and we, you know, we have all these tentacles uh, with Bryn Tillman and and so many others. Um, and it, Joanne, it's great to see you again, and, and so happy you're on the program. Talking to you is always stimulating, you know, and it gets my brain working in different ways. So I appreciate that, Jack. <laughs> Because you're a veteran in this business. Well, I appreciate that. And and uh, for those of you that are in banking that watch this, and we do have a lot of bankers, Joanne's had a, a, a seven or eight year stint at Omega, uh, Omega Performance, which was one of the great companies around uh, commercial lending training. And Joanne did a lot of consulting there. And then, as I mentioned in the introduction, the forum group and uh, uh, and now her own business for a number of years. Uh, talk about no more cold calls. It's a really interesting name for a company, uh, but but give us a little background of the company, Joanne. I never thought referrals, anything about it. I mean, they were never on my radar, and I've had my company now for 27 years, right? But I had worked for two different training and consulting firms, the first being a make the second is the foreign corporation. And it was time, 1996, my colleagues were saying, Joanne, the economy's free. You can start your own business. Oh, why not? It had nothing to do with referrals. I thought what I wanted to do was work with management teams to craft a sales strategy, which was in their business strategy, because back then, you couldn't find anything about sales with a magnifying glass. And that's how it started. So I was referred to a really small outplacement firm. And as I was working with a management team, they were doing a customer satisfaction survey of 50 of their best clients. It was several rounds. And I added this question on the last round. To this day, I have no idea why. But the question was, would you be willing to be a referral to this client? Well, the seven-point scale, seven was high, and my question came back 6.5. So the next manager meeting, which couldn't work, and I said, 50 of your best clients are saying they'd be glad to refer you. Are you asking? Well, the answer was no in 1996. And unfortunately, it's no today because our clients are the source of new business. But... We're not asking. 
And so I thought about it. I realized my best business had come from referrals, but I needed to do what I call my feet on the street research. <laughs> so I talked to salespeople and sales execs. I knew and said, you'd like to get referrals. Oh, yeah. And they gave me this big risk. And then I asked, do you have a referral system methodology with a strategy, with metrics, with skills, and accountability for results? The answer was no, 1996. And again, it's no today. And so I'm a pretty logical person. And I thought, wait a minute, referrals are your best business, but you don't have a system. It's just happenstance. So I created the system. It's straightforward. It's simple. It's not easy. Because if it were, every business would have a referral system and that's not happening. So that's how it started, Jack. Are you a commercial or business banker looking to build relationships with small and mid-sized companies? RelPro is a business development and relationship management solution being used by bankers to find new prospects, learn more about them, and keep tabs on them as well as your existing customers. Want to learn more? Go to RelPro.com to schedule a demo today. Amazing. <laughs> and now here we are 28 years later. Your company is thriving. It's doing really well. You wrote an article. I printed it. In the uh, Top Sales Magazine, January 2024. The reason I bring this article up is because what I, since we're early in the year, uh, I want to talk about what you're seeing for 2024. And it really is, you know, you know, interesting that that you this article kind of came up. Um, you you wrote four things that that you think about 2024, even in tough times. Talk about the article and what you see for 2024. Wish you read me that piece, you know. <laughs> but yes, so I see um I'm very optimistic about 2024. I am optimistic about referrals because more and more people are realizing that they are missing out. And especially today with we're bombarded with all these cold emails. I, I you know, some days I get 40, 50 in in my spam. But I've always said someone's making them do it. So it's not their fault. They have goals around it. And that's not how business works. And from the time of whenever we had history, business was always built on relationships. And actually, not that long ago, my uncle was in part of pharmaceutical sales. Mm -hmm. And it was very different then, but he went into the pharmacist, a small town he lived in. They knew each other. They went to high school together, whatever. And they had this great chat. And then the last five minutes, he'd write the order. People oh. do business with people they know, they like, and they trust. And you're certainly not going to get any of them blasting those emails. So that's... The, the reasons that referrals are really need to be front and center in any economy, they're great. But in an economy that's uncertain, or all this talk about recession, I hope that's in the past, but you know, who are people going to talk to? They're always going to talk to people who've been referred by someone they know, like, and trust. So why is that important? Well, trust is the hardest thing for salespeople to gain. I understand that we do because there's so much bad behavior out there. However, when you've been referred by someone, your prospect trusts, think about what happens. The trust that person has for the person who referred you transfers to you. So you arrive at a meeting with trust and credibility already earned. And it's a very different kind of meeting, which I know you've experienced, Jack. It's it's phenomenal. And we're going to talk a little bit later about the high percentage of uh, bankers, salespeople that get in the door when they have a referral and, and people just don't people just don't get that. Um, but I do want to ask you one other question about the article. It's really interesting. You had a you had four steps that you talked about. 
One of them is be nimble and innovative. And I'll read a quote because I think it's, it's, it's so valuable. One of my clients put it this way, the future of B2B marketing belongs to teams that think long and act quick. Those two principles sit at the heart of client results. Think long and act quick. Talk about both of those. They're just fascinating article. Yes, and this client, I told him, I sent him the article. <laughs> I told him I was quoting, I couldn't quote his name, but it made so much sense. Because we need a strategy, we think, think long. What, what is it about? How we're going to go about getting new business, et cetera. But we can't wait. So we need to act right away. And that's why relationships matter. Because right now, everybody should be reaching out to people they know, clients especially, and talking to them and asking for referrals. But that's not happening. It's not even happening in, in August or September, November, December. It's just not. But that's what it means. We need that long look. Nowhere. It's just like driving, right? So if you're on a highway and you, you don't, well, now it's easy because we have ways of electronically figuring out where we are. But if you follow me here, if we don't know where we're going, we don't know our destination, we're going to get off of all the wrong exits on the highway. And so that's really bringing it up home. That's what we're talking about. We know the steps to take to get to that goal. You talk about relationships matter. I love that phrase. And in fact, it's the mantra of Reed Hoffman, who started LinkedIn in May of 2003. So now LinkedIn starts its 21st year. Um, I'm curious about your opinion here. Before LinkedIn, uh, before social media, it was really a face-to-face, voice-to-voice kind of a situation. Um, LinkedIn has, in some people's mind, changed the game. Where are you with LinkedIn and referrals? I believe and have for years that LinkedIn is a place to begin a conversation and begin a relationship. What I am against is people asking for a referral on LinkedIn. And here's why. You On LinkedIn, you could say to the person I see are connected to so-and-so, you know them, et cetera, et cetera. They say yes, and then you schedule a time to talk. That's what matters because when you're talking, then you're going to build the trust with that person. You're also going to get all the intel about your prospect. So who knows your prospect better than the person you're talking to? You want to find out when I say intel, you're going to get information nobody else gets. You're going to find out what's going on in the company. Who are the people to talk to? What are the initiatives that matter? What should I be saying? I mean, you want exact words. And who is the decision maker? And who else is involved? So all those questions need to be answered, whether we're talking on our cell phones or we're having a Zoom meeting or we're meeting in person. It doesn't matter. And that person is glad to give us the information because, well, it makes sense. So so you make a distinction, and it's a really good one. And I think there's a lot of people in sales, I'll call them young newbies, we call them baby bankers, who have been brought up in this social media culture, who have looked at clicks as a way to generate relationships and perhaps referrals. Your distinction is, sure, be on LinkedIn, and you are a lot. Uh, and and maybe get connected on LinkedIn. But that referral process, that trust that you talk about, really does happen on the phone, in person, Zoom, whatever the case might be. It's a it's a face-to-face, voice-to-voice situation. And I and I I love that. Let's let's go deeper into that though. Let's say I'm a baby banker 
at any bank or I'm, I'm a fairly new salesperson and I want to garner some referrals. Uh, I believe that you have to have, it's not just me, it has to be the culture that fosters this. So I, I'm really big on a term that I think I learned from you called referral culture. What do you mean by that and how do you develop something like that? You know, culture is a big word, and the last consulting firm I worked for, they did culture work, and it took a long, long time and cost millions of dollars. So I had to find a definition that worked for me, and I did. Culture is what happens when people are drinking, right? Think about it. It's the way we work. Well, that starts at the top. You know, it's not just words that are spun out there. It's a culture of a company. When you know the culture of a company, when you start talking to people, you know, are they closed off? Are they sharing? Um, what happens if there's a difference of opinion? All of these things come into play, and that's culture. And it doesn't just happen. But that definition is really what made it for me. One of my favorite articles that you wrote was, I want to say in December of 2023, and you talked about, you didn't say it exactly this way, but the math of referrals, and you, and you help people look at the math of referrals. If we look at banking, statistics would tell you that somewhere up to 80% of current business, new business for this year, will come from those current clients. So what you're really chasing is 20%. How do I get that 20%? In my mind, referrals has got to be at the top of the list. Where I'm going with this is, is this. It's easier for me if I'm a veteran banker and I've got a good client base, a good portfolio, to get some additional business cross-solve, as I call it, from my current clients. But if I'm a young banker, I'm fairly new to the industry. I may be even new to a community. Where do I go? Where do I start, Joanne, in terms of generating and getting a re good referral network? You have to start. But first, I question what is the bank doing to bring this person up to speed and learn about banking and how the bank works. And that's where we get into culture. Right. A couple of years ago, somebody, two people actually reached out to me on LinkedIn, and, and there were two guys who told me they were 22 years old. And they wanted to know about referrals. And I was curious. I said, why? Well, because we don't have any clients. And I said, well, I bet you have a lot of good friends. You know, if, if they're out of college recently or whatever, tons of people they know. It could be a neighbor, but everybody knows somebody. Hmm. I think that was a song. I remember Dean Morton saying it. But this is this is absolutely the case. But we don't look at that. In fact, this is an example that goes back years. But I was working with a bank, and they were having an office in the financial district of San Francisco, and it was on the fourth or fifth floor of a building. So you couldn't just walk in. And the, the manager said to his team that, here's our ideal client. Here's what we're looking for. And I want to know who you know fits that description that we should need. The receptionist was the first person to bring in the referral because his roommate's parents were the perfect client for that thing. And so that's another lesson. We don't leave anybody out. We don't know who does whom. Who would think a receptionist, right? Would, I mean, there, there's just so many people in our lives and we have no idea who they know. We don't know who their next door neighbor is. We don't know who their brother-in-law is. We, we're not sure um, when they went to school with. I mean, that's, you can just go on and on and on and on about that. We all know someone, but the big lesson here is we tend to discount 
younger people because we think oh, they wouldn't help anybody. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I was doing a class a while ago, and I said to the bankers, all veterans, I said, okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about referrals. And uh, I said, I want you to think about your top client. And I want you to tell me, write down, who are their trusted advisors? Their CPA, their attorney, uh, their realtor, their who, you know whoever it might be. And they were all able to do it. And I said, okay, that's great. This is your top client that you don't want to lose. Now, what about your next client? And what about your next client? And the point is that we don't know as much about our clients, trusted advisors as we should. And we also many times don't nurture the COIs, the referral network that we have. So let's talk about the, the, the referral sources that we have. In your experience, what have you seen people do to nurture that relationship and, and continue to build it? Very simple things. It's it's really manners, politeness. It's it's always acknowledging them, sending a note, handwritten with a real stamp. It's sending them articles or podcasts they should listen to and telling them why. But the thing is, with COIs, they have a lot of people coming to them. So how are we going to stand out? Well, we're going to stand out actually if we have an introduction from one of their clients. That's the trust there. So my belief is, yes, COIs are important, but I had a managing partner of a CPA firm say to me, Joanne, we have to give free referrals. So I always, I always put the one I want them to choose first. You know? There's workarounds for everything. People with everything know this, you know. Um, so it's important, and it's important to show time in person. That's the day of the pandemic. We need to show up in person. That to me is what's essential, and it's just basic matters and building relationships. However, I want to go back to what you said about clients. Because there's two kinds of referrals. There's what I call inbound referrals. So somebody hears about you and they say, oh, so-and-so said I should talk to you. Right? We have no control over those. They happen. We don't know when they're going to happen. What's not happening is what I call outbound referrals. We are proactively and intentionally asking. We have a process, again, strategy, metric skills, and accountability. That is not there. Yeah, that's a challenge. And I wish we could get bankers to understand the power of value. Um, some people want referrals back. They want reciprocity and that's fair. But if I'm a banker, what I want to do is I want to ask that referral source, okay, I want to provide value for you. Talk about what that is. And for some people, it is reciprocity. For some, it could be, I know you're a member of that country club. I'd love to play golf. I know your bank has tickets to the suite in the, at, for the Cubs. I'd love to go to a game at some point. Um, others might say, you know, I, I just want to provide value. Our, one of our sponsors is uh, Vertical IQ. Every month they provide in their 300 profiles, some articles based on that particular profile. So if I'm in the dentistry, if I'm in the timber industry, et cetera, finding out what the CPA and lawyer does has as a, as a vertical discipline might help you say, gee, maybe I can provide this article to the CPA about the timber industry that 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 he or she might find value on. So there, there's a lot of ways we can do this, but we got to continue to do it on a on a regular basis. Um, the other thing I think we need to do on a regular basis is measure. I've seen some banks try to do this in an automated fashion. I think CRM should be used to do this. Some can do it, some can't. But whether you do it on paper, uh, on an Excel spreadsheet, or use technology, 
we got we got to be measuring. What are we measuring, Joanne? What are some metrics that matter from a referral perspective? There are three or four that matter all the time. And one of them is, how many people did you ask this week? The minimum is one. Because a lot of metrics don't matter unless you've asked. Right? So you've asked, how many referrals did you receive? That means an introduction. That's my definition of a referral. And then how many of those meetings did you conduct? Now, at that point, when you've had that meeting, whether it's in person or some other way, it's then you can put that prospect in your CRM and qualified and have steps to follow up, or they're not. Now, what I've learned is, even if they're not the person Now's the time to ask that person who they know who matches the person you want to meet. And this is where some people pull back. They're, oh, I couldn't do that. But you already have the relationships with this person and stake in the ground. My experience has been over the last 27, 28 years that people are glad to help. They want to put good people together. And that's not woo-woo, that's the truth. But that's why we have to ask and ask the right way and get the introduction. That's how it works. Yeah, and 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 you got to do it at the right time too. Um, if you if you are if your client is not happy <clears throat> with something that happened at the bank, you made a mistake or whatever, not the right time. But I, I've seen banks that do something, and I'll, I'd love your comment on this, and maybe you've done something similar, called good neighbor calls, where the banker goes into a client, and early on, they talk about the relationship, and the client says, you know, I'm really happy. You guys are doing a really good job. And I put that off to the side, and we have our meeting. And at the end, I might say something like, you know, you mentioned that uh, we're doing a really good job for you. That's That's my job, is to make people happy like you. You've been in this industrial park for 29 years. You must know everybody here. I'm curious. Is there somebody specifically that you know that I might be able to help with your help? Maybe an introduction or a phone call or something along those lines. And it works. It it works every time because now you're getting specific with the individual versus saying, you got any referrals from me? I'm, I'm curious about your reaction to that program. Clients are the best source of new business. Again, we're not asking. And it's also that really specific, I would say, about why they love you, right? So start with what was the problem? Why did they start working with you in the first place? Because if they were really happy with their banker, they wouldn't have moved you. So what was the problem? Because people relate to a problem. And it's like in my business, the problem is we don't have enough qualified leads. Our pipeline is and um, our revenue is down, or whatever. There's always complaints, and those have been complaints for decades. They're going to be complaints for decades going forward. And people resonate with the problem. So if your client can introduce you and talk about where they were before they started working with you, or talk to the person you're introducing you to about why and how they help. Because some people won't want to um, open the kimono, as the saying goes, and tell them the problem they had. There's a way to do it. And I would suggest this language. Who are one or two people you know I should meet? Because I don't like asking a question that can get a no answer. So do you know anyone? Would, would you introduce me? No, no, no. Now, I have this list of W words, but the first one is who? Because nobody can say no to that question. So that's a tip for everybody listening. It will make a huge difference in the way you communicate and interact. You've got a statistics lie and liars use statistics. I've seen statistics that say, if you have a referral 
you are 85% likely to get a, an appointment using the referral's name. One of the mistakes I think bankers make is they don't say the first and last name of the re, uh, of the referral source at the first two words on the phone call. Uh, Joanne Black, your CPA, suggested I give you a call. They bury the headline. Uh, that's not the question. The question is, uh, you have developed a referral system that um, uh, that is really effective. It's a three-step process from what I understand. Talk about your referral system and how it works. This goes back to what I said about 1996, realizing that this company was not even asking their clients. And that's when I developed this system and Cork has been refined over the years. But the first is strategy. You must have a strategy. Very simple, a strategy. Stake in the ground. Referrals are going to be our number one outbound way of attracting clients. Means we're getting the introduction. And to your point, instead of saying your CPA referred me, the CPA is the one who makes the introduction. So the person agrees. It just solves everything. So strategy one. Very simple. I'm a salesperson. I don't want complicated. <laughs> um, and so how are you going to get there? So again, what's the destination? And then the metrics. How are you going to measure the outcome? What is it you want to say? This program, this process was remarkable. Look what it did for us. So be metrics for the bank. It's metrics for um, there's a team for the team and metrics for the, each individual. And the metrics for individuals need to be linked to their performance, their KPIs, because otherwise it's not going to happen. So that's the first piece. Second is referral selling is a skill. Definitely works differently than everybody had done in the past. In fact, I've had seasoned sales pros say to me, I just don't know how to ask, right? I'm not comfortable. So learning a way to ask the position what we do in a way that's going to resonate and ask for the introduction is a skill piece. And that doesn't just happen. So we work together for four or five weeks. And then the Implementation is the third step. And I think I mentioned this to you that um, I still remember a banker, senior banker. I remember Pittsburgh, that's as much as I remember. But he was a client and he said to me, Joanne, the challenge is always in the execution. So that's, that's what really holds this together, the three steps. So you'll have the strategy, the skills, and the execution. And they all have to come together and make it happen. What's happened today, though, mainly people say, well, go get referrals. And they wonder why nothing happens. Made by bankers for bankers, Vertical IQ is your trusted source for reliable, convenient, and focused industry intelligence helping your team save time, boost sales, and gain a competitive edge. Learn more at verticaliq.com. All right. So my mantra for 2024 is better coaching and banking. Um, we're pathetic at it. Uh, we do a lot of deal coaching and, and on the commercial side, and that's important. We do a lot of operations coaching. That's critical too. I'm talking about behavioral sales coaching. So I go through your program. It sounds like a wonderful program. It makes a ton of sense. Strategy, skill, execution. I come back from your training. What, what does the coach need to be doing? What do those coaches need to be doing to make sure that what you, what I, what you taught me in the training is going to work sustainably out in the field? Well, first of all, I always stay involved. So we coach each person a couple times. 
because that behavior needs to be coached. And then definitely I've worked with management to work with them on how to coach. My experience has been, Jack, and it could be um, flawed, is that doesn't work. Our managers have all these good intentions, but my goodness, they're bogged down with everything else they're doing. And the research actually shows the difference in revenue and in profits when managers coach and coach well. That's not happening. Therefore, I need to stay involved. I'll work with the leaders, whoever wants to coach. I'm not there every day. So I built in those reinforcement pieces because that's been my experience, Jack. Everybody has good intentions. So much going on and so many balls in the air. That's the only way for referral selling to become a habit. Unless that's there and it just ends, I don't let it end, nothing will change. Wow, that's great. And I I find it just so gratifying to hear a company like yours that does this important training to make sure that you're staying with the client. I, I think too often what happens is sales trainers drop in to a city, do their sales training, and they leave. Um, they're seagulls. You know, they fly all over you, poop on you, and then they leave. Um, you You stay, which is really, really good. I got to believe that one of the things you teach in your class is what I call the Monty Python effect. Now, a lot of young people, when I talk about Monty Python in my banking schools, they have no idea who Monty Python is. But Monty Python, the comedy troupe from England, their whole mantra is now for something completely different. And where I'm going with this is I'm on the board of directors of a bank. We have a CPA, a realtor, a commercial realtor. And, and an attorney and a financial planner. They give us referrals. Great. But they don't give us every referral. Therefore, the bank may need to do something a little bit different. Sure, CPAs, attorneys, et cetera, really important. But in your experience, what about that Monty Python effect? Who are some unique referral sources that you've seen your clients uh, work with? I don't think it's unique. I think it's current clients who are missing the boat on that. And um, that's not happening. The the other is from your board. I, I was working with one client. It's an amazing board. I said, well, how do you choose them? And they gave me a lot of reasons. And I said, well, are they responsible? Is that one of their requirements? That they will refer you to their connections by making the proper introduction. The answer was no. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. They can take it upon themselves, but why not? They're on the board. You know, they should be helping you grow with powerful introductions. I'm convinced that when someone is invited to come to the board of directors, a question should be asked. How do you intend to provide us referrals? If the answer is, I don't, I'm not sure that you should be on the board. That's just me. The other thing is banks have a lot of advisory boards, which is terrific. Um, and their job is a, let's call it what it is. It's a business development board. And if they don't have uh, the intention to refer, then don't, don't put them on the board. It's, I, I just think it's, uh, I just think that's simple. That's, it's that simple, but, but, Let's say I get on the board and I don't provide referrals. There are a lot of reasons why people, whether it's a board member or a customer or a client or whoever, why they don't provide referrals. What are some reasons you found that people say, I'm just not interested in giving you a referral? I haven't. I haven't. My experience has been people want to put good people together. And, and that's it. It's um, maybe they don't know how. I haven't had anybody refuse ever. Or my clients have never had anybody refuse. Perhaps I'm just 
making this up. I don't know. But perhaps they don't understand what you're looking for. Who do you want to meet? And see if there's someone in their network. And if they haven't ever been in a sales situation, they may not get it. I don't know. But if they, even if they get it and they say, no, I won't give you a referral, well, I don't know if you can find them or not. But again, it has not been my experience. Well, you said you made it up, but you have experience in this and you know that that whole idea of um, you didn't tell me the kind of client you want is really true. In fact, I've done some research on this. And the number one reason that people will not provide referrals is they don't know what you're looking for because they don't want to look foolish and with their client. Let's say that I'm a CPA and you're my banker. And sure, I'd like to provide you referrals. And I refer you to a restaurant, a gas station, a, a, a something that the bank doesn't want. We're in, we're in bad shape here because I'm the CPA. I referred you over to somebody that you don't do want to do business with. I look really bad in, in the eyes of the restaurant, gas station, whatever the case might be. So I think you're right on. I think the number one reason is they have no idea. You got to educate your referral sources as well. It's not just, and I'm sure you go into this in your training, it's not just, hey, I'd like some referrals, but target, be targeted with that, as we've talked about before. A um, couple more questions. You've been very gracious with your time. Um, I'm very big on something that I call closing the referral loop. And that simply means you give me a referral, I talk to your referral. But the big problem is many times I don't get back to you and suggest what I talked about in general terms, perhaps, because I got to be real careful. What are, what are you seeing in that lack of closing the referral loop? Because the truth is, if I close the loop with you, the likelihood is you're going to want to give me more referrals. It's a feel good for you. What are you seeing out there with that? Can't talk to what other people are doing, but what I've seen, I have an example from the past that I had referred someone and to my client. And when I talked to my client, she said, Oh, I'm working with so and so. And I never heard from the person I introduced. So, how ready am I going to be to refer her again? No, never. It's, it's you know, it's about courtesy and it's about manners. And that's what everybody respects. So how long does it take to write a handwritten thank you note? I mean, that's not negotiable in my book. And yet it may be old-fashioned. How many of those do we get? I mean, of course, you can send an email first. You can have a phone call and thank people. But how many handwritten thank you notes do we get today? Don't. So on bank note cards, I don't care how bad your handwriting is. You can write it. It can just be as simple as thank you for referring me to. You're going to hand address the envelope and put a real stamp on it. That's it. And watch and see what happens. It's magic. Well, it's not really. It's it's good matters. It's it's thanking people. It's it's like. Someone gives you a gift and say you never hear from that person. That's just rude. And there's some people I know, I mean, you're looking, we just finished with a lot of gift giving in December. And I heard from somebody that they won't let their kids play with their Christmas gifts, play with them, unless they sit down and write the thank you note first. What a great idea. And it doesn't matter. It could be one line. Thank you so much for the gifts. I mean, so my daughters have passed this on to our grandchildren. Do they like to write these? No. <laughs> but they, and all the wine has to be reminded. So they come to us at different times. But, you know, you can tell from the handwriting who wrote it. You can tell from the message. And one of them, my grandson, actually actually wrote more than one sentence. So doesn't matter. You're acknowledging people, and that's just human. 
Well, a couple things. I mean, obviously, you're, you you raised your your daughters well, your kids well, um, and they're modeling the way they're coaching, uh, and and that's that's it's it's as simple as that. That's really important. The second thing is I, I last year, early last year, uh, I watched uh, Larry Levine's program, Selling from the Heart podcast, and he um, he had on a woman named Elizabeth Cottrell, who wrote a book. And she's the chairman, a chairwoman of the board of a bank in Virginia. And she wrote a book called Heart Spoken. And it talks about the discipline of writing notes. And it changed my life. I write a note a day to somebody. Um, and it, it could be a thank you note. It could be a sorry note. It could be a, you know, a, whatever it is. Uh, I will write it and not an email, right? Because to your point, people don't get many letters anymore. We don't get many things in the mail anymore. I'll tell you one other thing that's kind of cool. This this whole re close the referral loop. I, I, I work with a pretty large organization. One of the things I left as a handout, and it's not fancy, it's, it's a loop. And it's, I got a referral, I talked to the referral, uh, and I closed the loop. And it's, it's kind of in there on their wall somewhere because it reminds them. And to your point, it is a discipline that's really important. It's rude not to do it, but we get busy. And so if, if, if it can be a visual reminder, yeah, I got to write that note. That's really, really important. Um, you've been so kind with your time. And this is our second time doing this. And it's so fun to, to talk with you. Final thoughts, if you can. I got two questions. One's final thoughts. One is some other folks that that you read uh, here on a podcast, whatever that you might recommend. But final thoughts first on on referrals in twenty twenty four. Well, it's very simple. It's not easy. That's what I say. Because if it were easy, everybody would be asking. But it's building your referral acumen. So whatever you're doing now with referrals needs to be more. Whether it's being super, super, super specific about who you want to meet. To your point, Jack, that's huge because people want to make a good introduction because the reputation's on the line. And that's critical. It's a system. Um, and it means that you as a lead banker or purchase stake in the ground and say, this is going to be the way we attract new clients and we need a discipline around it with everything we've talked about. Um, that's, to me, that's it. I mean, it may seem odd that almost 28 years and I'm still so excited about referrals. And obviously it's morphed, it's shifted, it's this and that, but nothing's changed. People do business with people, period. And so... 2024 will be a great year. And I'm saying you don't have to struggle to get new business. That's great. And That's I'm glad to talk to anybody, Jack. I do this all the time and give well, some tips. I know. And you're you're just so giving with your time. Um, anybody that you're following that we should know about, authors you're reading, podcasts, things like that? So I have full disclosure. I don't listen to podcasts. I, I mean, I'll listen to yours, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joanne. I appreciate that. So if it's transcribed, because here's the thing, we all take in information differently. I can read a transcript and it's done well, way faster than I can sit there for a half hour and listen to a podcast. And I'm one of these people who I'm outside taking a walk, exercising, I do not take my phone with me. I just want to enjoy the outdoors. And I'm afraid if I'm listening to a podcast and all that, I might trip and fall. Okay, so that's beside the point. So, but I am guest on many. So Larry is one. And um, I have another one this week I'm recording. Oh, Paul White, Paul White, Watts, W-A-T-T-S. It's a great podcast. He has different topics. And he sends an email out. And the first people who answer are the ones who get on. And if the topic interests you. So his are fabulous. 
And I know there's lots of others. I'm just a little blank now. But that's it. I mean, we people learn in different ways, right? And and so having a podcast that has no transcription, it, for me, it just doesn't go. I know a lot of people listen to it. And that's it. That's their preference. Well, people do learn in different ways. And one of the ways I learn about referrals is following you. You've got a great blog. Uh, talk to people about your your newsletter, your blog, how to get a hold of you, Joanne. Well, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, that's fabulous. However, make it personal. I get all these standard invitations and I don't accept them. Well, why should I connect with you? So I'd love to connect with you and tell me you heard me on the podcast with Jack. Okay, we're there. Then we're going to start a conversation. Click the bell for my LinkedIn profile, and then you will get notice of all my posts. You can go to nomorefullcalling.com. It's my website. You can email me, Joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E, at nomorefullcalling.com. So those are all ways to get in touch with me. I am always on email. And a good chunk of the time on LinkedIn. So I will always get back to you. That would be great. Well, Joanne, you've been so kind with your time. Uh, and this is such a critical topic. And I know nobody in the industry that's better than you to talk about it. So Joanne Black, thanks so much for your time today and all the best for a great 2024. Oh, you too, Jack, and for everybody listening. It's going to be a wonderful year. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jack Rants with Modern Bankers with Joanne Black. This and every program is brought to you by our friends at Vertical IQ and RELPRO. By the way, go check those folks out. They are amazing. Nobody better in business intelligence than Vertical IQ and nobody better in prospecting than RELPRO. Join us next time for more special guests bringing you marketing, sales, and leadership insights, as well as ideas that will provide your bank or credit union that competitive edge you need to succeed in 2024 and beyond. This LinkedIn Live show is also a podcast. Subscribe to get the latest editions of Jack Rants with Modern Bankers, and please leave us a review if you would. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and others. Visit our website too. It's themodernbanker.com. Lots of information there. And don't forget to sign up for our free public library at themodernbanker.com slash public library. And don't forget, make today and every day a great client referral day. <laughs>